As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. Do I dare say that we made it? I think we might have made it. Now look, as we were chatting just before the music began to roll here in this edition of Times Ours, brought to you right here on The Athletic, we were having a discussion about the terms of what we actually saw on Saturday. We saw real asterisk professional asterisk <laughs> football. That one, no asterisk. It was That was definitely football. I mean, I don't know what level or how much, but there, football was played. Yes. On Saturday, and the Kansas City Chiefs were involved, and frankly, it feels like we made it. I made this analogy on the radio today, Nate Taylor. I'm Joshua Briscoe, by the way. No Seth Kaiser, uh, at least right now. There's a chance Seth joins in partway through. You might have a treat in this episode that even we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably probably just the two of us getting through today. We were talking on the radio today, Nate, and uh, I, I made the connection that um, you and, and all the good reporters who uh, made the return back to St. Joe today must have felt like returning to school after spring break. You know, like you it's you you can see summer from here, but you got to end up back in the classroom oh. a little bit longer. Yep. Yep. So today today felt like the Monday after spring break in St. Joe, I have to imagine mm, the the annual trek, by the way, um. Uh, if we feel that way and the fans feel that way, because there Woo! was less fans today than at any point in training camp, then you <laughs> know everybody in the organization is like, <sighs> okay. So it wasn't, today wasn't the best practice. Uh, it, it got lively at times, and, and we'll get into that a little bit. But yeah, like watching a real game ish and mm-hmm. then having to go back and review that game. Uh, it's, it's a bit odd just because, you know, I had a conversation with my dad and it's like, well, man, uh, we did what we were supposed to do in the first half. And it's like, yeah, dad, like they, they were the better team. And that's exactly what they demonstrated over 30 minutes of football. Mm -hmm. And then they lost. And so it's like, huh, uh, who do I care about on the threes? of this game that doesn't count but could translate moving forward but also like we still have the end of training camp two preseason games 
cut down day. An entire Labor Day weekend without NFL football. Mm. Thanks, guys. And then we actually have <laughs> the summer. That is the NFL football slate. Um, so it's a bit of an odd feeling, but I would say hopefully for most Chiefs fans, and I think for a lot of people within the organization, there's a calmness in knowing that, like, hey, the people we selected as rookies, uh, they mostly did pretty all right. They mostly did pretty well for their first game action um, against someone who is also in the league wearing a different jersey. Yeah, and I mean, I think there are like a decent number of places we could start here. I I was going to start with the fact that Dustin Crum led the team in rushing and just see if we could kind of build a conversation around maybe him being the latest addition of the running back room. Mm. Um, but if you wanted to talk about like, you know, the drafted rookies and all of that, I would I would think that's pretty reasonable. Um, you've already got an updated 53-man roster projection up in the athletic right now. We can talk about kind of the stock up, stock down watch there. Um, and Seth over in the newsletter, uh, Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. You can check out his uh, quick reviews. Not really, I mean, I don't, they were in depth. They were all there. No, yeah, they, there weren't yeah. all that many right. snaps to choose from for uh, George Karloftis and Sky Moore, both. But if I if I give you the entire scope of this preseason game, by the way, a devastating, heartbreaking fourth quarter loss, nineteen to fourteen. I would hate to not include the score at any point in the show. Mm. Uh, the Chiefs the Chiefs fall to the Mighty Bears. Matt Nagy loses the revenge game, and now and now look at us. Uh, but if I if I give you the scope of everything to choose from, uh, what what were you thinking about whenever you uh, you sat down to write on uh, on Saturday night? Well, it was more, you know, it was it was more than I thought, um, which I think is a good thing because hmm. sometimes, uh, and this is me sort of showing my experience, but there are some times where, ladies and gentlemen, they played a preseason game and I have maybe one interesting thing to write about. Uh, mm-hmm. So to have, as I wrote, you know, to have seven legitimate things, um, I think is a is an indicator of how much the roster has changed from a year ago. Uh, the fact that there's just so much youth on the roster. Um, and for everything that we saw, I almost, Josh, forgot to put the final score in. Like, I literally <laughs> wrote, like, three-fourths of the article. Was thinking about, like, where things should go. Does this flow into that section? Like, really dedicating, like, time to, like, George Loftus And, like, you know, I don't want to get too high because it's a preseason game but i also want to acknowledge that like you know we talked before the <laughs> before the recording and it's like what word can i use to best describe his day and i mm-hmm. you, you know i you don't ever really think of like defensive ends as dazzling but it was mm-hmm. just it just felt good to just write it down like george call off this dazzles as i'm thinking about all that i was like oh yeah that's right what's the score <laughs> i had to go on the internet and be like oh that's right there's a box score all right 19 19- 14. Got it. Uh, let's put that somewhere in the top. It doesn't matter. Uh, by the way, I might ask Brendan, my editor, like, can I just just don't even acknowledge the score? Yes. <laughs> next I think you should be next Saturday's to. game. <laughs> don't, don't acknowledge a winner or a loser or anything. Yeah, just they, 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 it was a live scrimmage on television. Okay. It's going like, to be like 22 to 19 this time. It just doesn't matter who had what. It's just, did everybody get out of there healthy and how'd the rookies look? Right. Exactly. So, um, in that sense, um, I think the biggest thing that jumped out to me was how vanilla the Chiefs' first-team offense was, but also how extremely 
efficient they were while being vanilla, mm. um, which allows you to get a sense that um, they are in a pretty good rhythm right now with Patrick Mahomes and the new receivers. And obviously this is year two of the offensive line, but some people were like, Hey, and I understand this, you know, um, I would have loved to have seen Juju Smith Schuster catch a ball. And I'm like, and that's exactly why they never targeted this man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's exactly <laughs> like, why would we give any ideas to what this man was going to do? So, you know, what we're going to do two tight ends, I formation, line it up, play action, throw it to the fullback. It was Mike just Burton season. It was just incredible to be like, Hey, 22, like, let's go down the field. Like, Patrick scrambled once, and that was a nice play to MVS. So you can see, like, like okay, they have a little bit of a of a timing element when it comes to, like, secondary routes and improvisation. Um, but it was just funny to be like, oh, well, we've ran this screen a million times. And there you go, Blake Bell. There you go. Like, well, we – I mean, they know that's coming out of 22. So we ain't got to worry about that. And, hey, Nick Allegretti, why don't you come in and throw a little jumbo at us on fourth and one? Um to, to to Michael Burton, because you're going to see that in November, and that's okay. And that's, like, as vanilla as we'll get. Um, and so it was good that, like, Mahomes spread the ball around, um, but the fact that they did it without showing anything uh, of relative what you're going to see on September 11th was, was really interesting to me, and it's also, like, a master class in coaching and preparing your players for one drive, one drive only, and... Um, guys, did we just do the basics right, basically? Mm. And and it seemed like they did. I mean, that's sort of the rundown. You mentioned a bunch of the names, but they they worked the offense through Mike Burton, and and McCall Hardman <laughs> has his touch. Uh, Clyde edwards Lair gets a, a short yard carry, can't convert, so Mike Burton does it for him. Clyde gets another carry. Um, you see, you see one Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey completion, maybe the highlight of the entire NFL preseason. Uh, <laughs> after these three games are all done. There was a little bit of talk around the uh, the attempt to Marquez Valdez-Scantling where Mahomes had his arm hit. Yeah. Um, that's kind of interesting. Pacheco gets a carry. Then Mahomes hits MVS. Pacheco gets the uh, the the catch that he has a little contact balance through. And then you get that Blake Bell touchdown. I have now mentioned every single play the Chiefs ran, including Patrick Mahomes on the field. So I, I don't know if we want to hyper-diagnose any of those. But um, I, I will say that, that for me from that group, I said Isaiah Pacheco's name twice, yeah, and then I'm not sure if anybody said his name at any point the rest of the evening. Um, uh, he, you know what? He was in there with Chad Henney for, for a week, one. But I think yeah, for like I, one play. Yeah, I, I think that was literally it. I actually had all the plays up a little chart earlier. I'll, I'll, I'll check my work. Um, but seeing him in the mix that early on, and then maybe more importantly in my mind, seeing him leave as early as he did. Uh, that felt very, very noteworthy in the uh, who's out there. Where what, what are the where the the usage was more important than the production in my eyes on uh, on Isaiah Pacheco. Correct, because there are plays in which I believe Isaiah Pacheco will potentially in uh, whatever relative role there is, where he can motion out of the backfield into into the slot into somewhere as one of the inside receivers and run a route like a real route mm-hmm. all they had this man do was go hey i formation swing route yeah. <laughs> like, it was 1990s joe montana <laughs> to kimball anders for five yards on first down um it, and 
I think because he caught the ball so well and he did break the tackle and he got, you know, four additional yards. Um, I think Andy was like, eh, that's fine. Take, take a ball, like take, take a ball. Um, and I think the real battle when I rewatch the game is okay. If they have this much faith in Isaiah Pacheco, which again is kind of remarkable mm-hmm. given where they took him in the draft in the seventh round, then the entire rest of the game really was about Ronald Jones and or Derek Gore. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say either side won. Like yeah. it was a it was supposed to be a win-win, and it was a lose-lose. Um yeah. and so that is the reason why neither fella is on my most recent roster projection because they both played not well when given the opportunity to. Um, and I think some people will suggest, hey, these, the second string offensive line, the third string offensive line, whoo, um, those, those, you know, not clean, not crisp, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. clear gap between the starters and the rest of the and the rest of the alignment. Um, but you do hope that like the running back is supposed to supersede the circumstances occasionally, you know, maybe once. Um, and that really didn't happen, which is why Dustin Crumb, ladies and gentlemen, was like one to two to get the hell out of there uh, for for the occasional scramble. So um, it's wild to me that the team wants four running backs on the roster and they may not get four what they believe are quality players ready to go. So I think the information we could take from Saturday's game and apply it to this upcoming Saturday's game against the Washington football average Joe's team. Yes. We is that, like calling the Washington football commanders. I feel like that's at least better. No, they're, they're the Washington average Joe's. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I, I admit that's better than just calling the Washington, the Washington commanders. If you want to come up with something different and disrespectful to call them every time until they fix their yeah, horrendous it, new uniforms, I'm good it along. with it. Yeah, you know what I, what I'm not looking forward to watching those uniforms oh, on Saturday. It, Just, it's gonna, oh, 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 and and it's it's. Can they wear all white? Because can they can they wear just some of the leftovers from last year? <laughs> those were fine. You the could cre- at least, the numbers the, didn't look like somebody had ripped holes in them. <laughs> the creative jerseys, <laughs> creative <Literally>, jerseys, <laughs> literally better than what they're doing now. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be a problem. But I think. Uh, that's who I'm most interested in watching in, in this upcoming Saturday's game is like who performs better, Ronald Jones or, or Derek Gore to further their case for maybe being on the roster. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, I think it's a good thing, Josh, and I wonder what how you feel, that it's a good thing that like George Karloftis and Sky Moore to me are not the big takeaways from Saturday's game. They're nice, oh, but they're yeah. not the, they're not the big takeaway. Yeah, and I, I do want to spend some time talking about them in a little bit, but I guess to further that point, I don't want to leave the running backs just yet, partially because what you just teased there, again, your new roster projection up in the athletic right now, that that list is three names long. It's Clyde edwards Lair, Jarek McKinnon, and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I was I was seeing the tweets from St. Joe this morning that Pacheco was out there, that you had him just putting on an entire show for the uh, limited capacity crowd. Yep. But, 
Uh, on the game on Saturday, I want to I want to see if I say anything that you disagree with, and then I I want to know more about why this is the place the Chiefs have arrived. Uh, but what I've got here with a uh, like a play chart from uh, Anthony Reinhardt on Twitter, it's just a real nice graph. That a uh, shout out to to Anthony Reinhardt for making yes. the uh, making the data viz easy. Um, he he had Isaiah Pacheco being out there for the five snaps that Chad Henney took. Only one of those plays, the ball ended up. Uh, involving Pacheco, but he was the only back out there with him, with with, with Henny, that is, um, and then and then Clyde, Burton, McKinnon, and Pacheco were all out there at some point or the other with Mahomes, which means Ronald Jones did not enter the game until Shane Bouchelle did. Uh, same for Derek Gore and the rest of the guys as well. That obviously noteworthy. You mentioned the offensive lines. If I was going to, if I was Ronald Jones's lawyer right now, there is there are a couple of screenshots that I would show to the jury to say, <laughs> Your Honor, how on earth was where, my client? Where can my man go? <laughs> where can my man go, Your Honor? Because there, I tweeted out a couple screenshots this morning. One of which I'm not kidding. There were five bears Dude's that had a good the- angle on him, <laughs> like. There was just nowhere to go. The issue is that that came one snap after, from our out-of-the-huddle perspective, appeared to be Ronald Jones totally whiffing on his man off the edge on the left side and and then just giving up a sack, basically. Um, So the pass pro rep, it's hard to know for sure. It's hard to know. Well, the problem is he never touched him. It's okay to, like... Not be ready because again, it's your first game in a while. You haven't played since obviously last season. So he like he was surprised to see a def- a defensive player in the backfield. Yeah, like and he like legitimately looked like he did not think that guy was coming, which is crazy, just because he was lined up like on the tackle. Yeah, so sometimes you're like, hey man, can you can you throw your body? But like he's he's already by me. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. already by me, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Shane. I'm sorry. And like that's also one rep. I don't think if Clyde would have had that rep, he would have gotten cut. Like it, it just in the larger conversation about Jones, that stuck out like a sore thumb. And then he wasn't very productive with the ball in his hand at all. But he also, like I said, if I was his agent right now, I'd be saying that offensive line was not. You did not put my man in a position to succeed, and I think that would still be fair. Um, and then Derek Gore, similarly, he had a couple drops. He lost a fumble and just didn't look very good out there either. So. If I got anything wrong there, I want to know about it. And then beyond that, we we can all kind of see where those guys fell short. But could could you take a second and and explain a little more what Isaiah Pacheco has done to earn the amount of trust that it seems like the Chiefs already have in him? Because by if you took all the names off the jerseys, you didn't know where guys were drafted or whatever, you would you would look at at the game on Saturday and say Clyde Edwards-Helaire number one, Isaiah Pacheco number two, Jarek McKinnon number three. That's your list. And, you know, McKinnon did probably more special teams reps than I than I anticipated. Yeah. Um if, if that makes sense. The other thing too is with Pacheco, um he seems more polished than raw, which again, crazy to say for yeah. a seventh round running back. Who didn't even spend all four years in college? Somebody asked him that today. Yes. Went, oh yeah, good point. He 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 had an extra year of eligibility left if he wanted it. Correct. Um, now, as I've said before, he's probably the fastest running back on the roster, and he has the most burst, juice, shake, wiggle, however you want to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find it interesting too that like he was included in the vanilla package. Like we not sh- like they gave him a couple 
rushing attempts where it's just like, hey, lead draw. Just mm-hmm. hit the hole. Let's see where you go. N- nothing crazy. No stretch, no pitch, no counter, no traps. Just leads. Just go get hit hit by a dude in a different color uniform. Yeah, let's just let's just get you the feel of of NFL speed. Um and so I hope that there's a little bit more uh variety for Isaiah Pacheco against the average Joes. Now Real quick, before you correct me on things that I did ask to be corrected on, I'm correcting myself to say that he did have four years in college. He had an extra year of eligibility Ability. that he decided to forego. That's yes. my, there's my Based on like probably the, the COVID. I have um, to think. That, yeah. Uh, the, yeah the, cause they, but, the, but he did play uh, the Big Ten, all of that, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, yes. So. He had two junior years. <laughs> on, his, on his floor. From the <laughs> so. He's fast. He's got the. Breaking tackles ability. Now he's only shown it once uh, in a game setting, but apparently once is good enough for Andy. Mm-hmm. And he really hasn't made any mistakes, or they've been very minor. Um, today in one-on-one reps, I mean, he he goes and gets the ball. Like he he catches he as I wrote on Twitter, he catches everything. So that's jump balls. That's contested catches. That's Coming out of the break and the balls on you, and I think that's a that's something that I hope the average fan understands. in In high school, it's one make my break, wait, wait, still open. Oh, there's the football. Right. In college, it's make my break. Me and the quarterback make eye contact. He mm-hmm. throw me the ball because, mm-hmm. as I often tell people, you're fortunate if there's one DB on a college Saturday game that's going to be in the NFL. That is a, that like, there are so many DBs in college football that do not have the skill set, the technique, the speed of the game to play at the NFL level. Then you get to the NFL and everybody's an NFL DB. And it's one of the biggest contrasts from college to pro that football has to offer. There are just not, there are more really, really, really good wide receivers in college than there are DBs, hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So when you get to the NFL, it's as I'm breaking, balls out. Especially at a running back position or like a tight end or like playing in the slot. Like you've got to get your head around. You've got to locate the spin of the football, the speed of it, and obviously have secure enough hands to make the catch. He has no problems doing that what so far and at least in camp ronald jones has shown an ability to get open but he doesn't have the consistency in terms of reliable hands um catching the football watching it go in and still maintaining speed um you know i think Jerk mckinnon has probably the most experience in doing that but for pacheco if they give this man one hole on, on against washington i just i just want to see it just one nice clean burst through the hole, and then you literally might say, "Yep, yep, yep, come on back, come on back, come on back." Give him, get him, give him the Gatorade. Take his, take his shoulder pads off. But I think, I think I just want to see it once because when you've seen it in camp, it's it's undeniable. And he apparently is very good in the classroom. Um, he's better at pass protection than I think they anticipated when mm-hmm. they selected him in the draft, um, which is very valuable for Andy Reid. And again. You're not going to see this man. Like, two things I want to see from Isaiah Pacheco from the coaching staff perspective. 
get this man the ball in space, whether that's stretches, counters, you know, uh, if Michael Burton's got to be involved, sure. And then can I just see one, like, one-on-one screen pass just to get the man the ball with a little bit of space and blockers out in front? Just just let me see what he's like in the open field with some vision and some burst, burst to him. Um, outside of that, it's just... It's wild to say it's August 15th. I think they have two seven round picks on the roster. And that I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think that's ever happened since I've covered the team because the team has been that veteran laden to be in position to obviously contend in the AFC. Um, they're trying to do both at the same time. They're still trying to be a perennial contender while also having the youngest roster since, you know, basically in the Mahomes era, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, it does, and, and also it's one one noteworthy piece of news from today. The, the Chiefs made a few cuts, notably Lonnie Johnson Jr. Um, he was traded for a conditional pick, and so I have to imagine that one of the conditions was that he makes the regular season roster. If that's a be much of anything, I would think. Um, also, they cut him even before they had to hit that 85 number. Much like with cutting DeAndre Baker, that felt like, a, hey, you have a chance to make another roster. Just go go try to find it sort of situation. Right. Um, but whenever they made that move today, I, I scrambled back over to look at the depth chart again because the, the other, I mean, there are two seventh round defensive backs in, in Jalen Watson and Nazi Johnson. But like Watson was at the podium today. The Chiefs, the Chiefs put him out there in a, in a training camp speak to the media situation like that's I think that's kind of interesting but but nothing is more interesting than the fact that they've got a rookie starting in Trent McDuffie along with two at this point quote-unquote veteran mid-late round picks <laughs> Legereus Sneed and Rashad Fenton right and then it's Joshua Williams a fourth round rookie it's it's Jalen Watson in the seventh um I I, I saw on your roster projections that, that you've got Chris Lamont's uh, back in the mix again. I don't. I uh, I do wonder kind of where the special teams aspect of those guys ends up uh, shaking out. But right. that that cornerback group is is like the baby Looney Tunes. Like these these are children playing uh, corner for the Chiefs, and they seem okay with that. Yeah, and the fact that if you know if Lejarius or Rashad have to miss some time, hey, that, that's you out there against Keenan Allen. Yeah. Line it up. Like, yeah. like, hey, Stefan Diggs and you. <laughs> like, <laughs> go ahead, young man. Um, Jamar Chase. Hey, hey, where's 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 my safety? <laughs> um, so it's it's super fascinating because it's gonna stretch Steve Spagnolo in a way that he has he has had the luxury in the past to always say, not right now. Not right now. No, no, no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but it's going to stretch him in a way that, like, hey, uh, how quickly can you speed up the the development process? Um, how can you be encouraging while also being demanding? Because playing quarterback in the NFL is extremely difficult. Um, and look, the team is trying to win right now. Um, this isn't like year two of a four year rebuild where this type of rookie class makes a lot of sense because. They're, the, the the franchise is going to grow as they grow. Um, it's just it's really fun to know that like Chris Layman's and Jermaine Carter, like I think they'll make the team, but it's not a given. Um, that was sort of the initial assessment when training camp began, um, and so. 
it's a good reflection on the rookie draft class, but it's also a good reflection, I believe, on the coaching staff to give them enough reps and enough, you know, individual attention for them to make these decisions perhaps harder um, than I would have expected, you know, with two weeks to go before the official cutdown day. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, among the other rookies, you, you mentioned that, you know, George Karloftis was not like the singular story of the day. Um, and again, go check out Seth's review if you uh, haven't yet seen that up in the Chief of the North newsletter. I do want to talk about him some. Um, as he dazzled, uh, he, he <laughs> at the absolute very least looked at home. That, that that might have been my my big takeaway, and, and he ended up doing some of that work against Trevor Simeon, who's a bear, by the way, um, and, and second-team offensive lines, and I, I understand that. But more than anything else, I felt like he looked comfortable out there, and, and he also was winning in ways that were consistent with who he was in college. Yes. And, and seeing those two things out of the gate, regardless of the level of competition, regardless of the shortness of, of his portion of the game, I, I was genuinely... Not like, oh, that's nice, encouraged, but I was genuinely impressed and encouraged by that debut for George Karloftis. Um, he had the sack at the end, uh, not, not at the end, but yeah, the, the sack at the end of a very long, drawn-out play that was like the the perfect made-in-a-lab example of George <laughs> Karloftis getting a sack because of his motor. That motor never dies. He's a sponge and he's a motor. He's a sponge motor, a motor sponge. He's SpongeBob driving a boat. Like that... That to me was uh, was perfect because he, he got some good coverage. He he kept he kept the pursuit up. He kept that motor running because he doesn't know any other way. And uh, and then Patrick Mahomes uh, torched him for a, a bad celebration. That felt yes. like a good start for him. Yes, no, it, it was it was everything you wanted because um, unfortunately the Bears really didn't target 
Trent McDuffie, which mm-hmm. fine. Um, yep. And so for the other first round pick, everything kind of comes uh, into your purview. Now everybody can he see. He basically went out there and ran around for however yeah, long he was got, there, he got... and nobody noticed because he just didn't get targeted. Which is again, like you said, hey, hey, cool, that's fine. keep it up, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, a uh, little, 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 little reps here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But I do get the sense that it's easier to watch line play on traditional television, just as much it is to do it in the all twenty two. Um, camera work so what i was sort of most interested in is that it looked like to your point josh it looked like he came in with a plan um which is so critical for any pass rusher where it's like i have to know my assignment but i also have to know myself as to how i'm going to attack you know what i think is going to be a passing situation to get to the quarterback um and i thought he transitioned really well like one of the things that i think you could have a little bit of a quism, uh, a quibble about, excuse me. Hold on, I want to know about a quism. Quism. Now, now, <laughs> what, are the, what, are the, what are the quisms you could have about him <laughs> yes. was change of direction. Um, you know, could he flow to the ball? Would his athleticism be on the same playing field as, you know, the best tackles in the world? I understand. I understand, young ma'am. That you're asking me, why should I get hyped? Because he's doing it to largely backups on an offensive line that we know is not sufficient. What I would counter to that, dear lady, is that you want your rookies to look good no matter who they're playing against in the preseason. So take it for what it is. He has successful reps against the Bears backups. Hopefully, he progresses as the season moves along, and he'll have the occasional to perhaps routine good snap against somebody's starter as he's in a pass-rushing rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, one one thing to look at for the game against Washington is, does Carlos Dunlap get inserted into the starting lineup? That way, you see a more um, dress rehearsal type of look for where you have Mike Dana and, you know, George Karloft is coming in, you know, sprinkling in a little on the first, second, maybe third series of the game, because that's what it's probably going to be like against Arizona. Um, I, I want to see him continue to set the edge against the run. No, it seems simple, but doing that first allows you to like, you know, get to the quarterback, but the signs are all there. And, um, it seems like his power will translate. His strength will translate. Can he change direction? And can that motor of relentlessness be enough to get there when a starting quarterback is going to get the ball out a little bit more quicker? Um, his best rep probably, and I, I wonder if Seth thinks this. Um, hello, Seth. But I wonder if, if Seth believes deep down his best rep was pushing the left tackle into Justin Fields' lap to force a quicker incompletion because that's pressure that you can do without having to get to the quarterback, which might be more consistent to what you see on most of his snaps when the regular season begins. Like just being in the in the vicinity of the quarterback um, will largely lead to good things, um, and if the quarterback sort of breaks contain 
or if the lineman sort of loses his technique on the second and the third effort, then great. Then you then there's an NFL sack for you. I like that as as like the the example of what might be most repeatable for him. Uh, whenever you're going against again, like you said, quarterbacks are getting into the ball a little bit quicker. Uh, there there are two other plays just strictly from Karloftis that I think are really interesting. One um, Seth wrote about, but it, the, there's another angle that Austin Gale tweeted out uh, earlier today that I I retweeted and I just I just retweeted it with just the letters NSFW, which means not safe for work. Because because it is a it's a heck of a rep, man. It's just a heck of a rep where where Karloftis is coming around the right and he just he just almost immediately clears the right tackles hands off of him. And then he gets his right shoulder on the the tackles right shoulder. Therefore, he is winning that outside momentum. He's got a little bit of bend at that that point. And he just about gets to Trevor Simeon. Um, there's a different angle of that in the newsletter that, that Seth highlighted. There's the play that you mentioned, and then there's the, there's the sack itself where he just keeps grinding through, and eventually he cleans it up before Simeon gets rid of the ball. Like you mentioned on the one where he just sort of walks the tackle back in the Justin Fields. If he can do that with any sort of consistency, I mean, what a what a victory. But I I am... I am waiting to see more information before I buy that maybe he's gotten a, a smidge bendier uh, or, or will continue to get a little bendier because usually that doesn't really happen as you get older. But the one thing that I think I'm buying, and this might be this might be press conferences and training clamp kip, uh, clips getting to me. So so tell me if I've if I've bought too much of the hype. If I'm drinking the Kool Aid here, but the idea that he is just sort of like adding a little bit to his game on a daily basis. Yeah. Technically, I mm-hmm. I'm buying it, man. It, it it it's the little quick hand fighting moves and it it maybe it is the clips of him working with Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap after practice and everything. But if if he can just add a little bit to his toolbox, he, he doesn't have to bend like Von Miller. A few different people independently have have made a Tom Bahali comparison. Obviously, if George Karloftis could merely just, you know, just be Tom Bahali, I would I would be okay with that. I would accept those terms. But the idea that that he might have a lot of room to grow in his hand fighting and his hand placement and his technique. And then I think we saw a little bit of that on Saturday. I think you've seen some of that in St. Joe. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the NFL coaching level is is adding to his game from from what I've seen. Am I buying too much hype? No, I don't I don't think so at all. And um I just want to see what he probably looks like on stunts too. I mean, like there's so yeah, many things sure. that he, like that we could all get to or like how does he look when you know Spagnolo uh gives the look of a blitz coming on maybe his side which should lead to a one-on-one opportunity or per- or perhaps some confusion upon the line. And all of a sudden, he's got more of a direct line to the quarterback than anticipated. Like, there's so many things that that we could get to. You know, I don't think they'll move him inside much. I think, you know, they'll try to keep it pretty simple and keep him on the outside. Um, but, yeah, if he can have quick hands and he can transition to things, I think that's what Seth acknowledged a lot in his in his piece on Karloftis. Is, hey, nice bend. You know, what does one to two look like? Or what does outside to inside look like? Um, you know, I think he probably has the hands for a, a, a pretty good spin, uh, excuse me, a pretty good swim move when, when given the opportunity. Um, but it's all there. I mean, it's, 
it's really all there. And when other guys on the team, like Justin Reed, are saying he's going to help us, um, you 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 need to give Carl Loftus the benefit of the doubt. And the beauty of it is he's not expected to start. So mm. when he comes into the game, like you mentioned, that motor should be going. He should be adding a level of intensity and a, and, a, and a pace to him that is a slight change up from like you know maybe the plan that Frank Clark has or that Carlos Dunlap have that you know they hope to develop from the first quarter all the way through the fourth quarter. Um, but man, if he plays hard like this, um, I think there are going to be positive results. It's just a matter of you know staying consistent with it over the course of a seventeen game season, which is honestly the challenge. Um, that he didn't have at Purdue because we don't force college kids to play 17 <laughs> games in an 18 game, 18 week season. Right. The stupid uh, league. <laughs> well, <laughs> at, least, at least they're legally getting paid. Yes, um, for, their, you, for for tearing their bodies apart. Yeah, to just dropping themselves into a paper shredder and then popping out a few years later and wondering what happened. Um, at least there is financial compensation. Um, you you mentioned this. Uh, you you just you just said something that if people hadn't looked at your uh, your your depth chart on the projection yet, might have come as a surprise. It, it actually kind of did when I was looking at it. Um, as you have your italicized starters uh, on the depth chart in the athletic, and and like you just said, you got Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Derek Naughty, and Carlos Dunlap. With with Clark and Dunlap being your your starting edges, um, are. Are you buying that the Chiefs are really gonna they're really gonna go out there week one and, and the guys who are gonna open up uh, against Kyler Murray are gonna be a guy they signed in August and a guy that no one thought would be on the team as of February? It's certainly a possibility. Um, now one quick clarification. Uh, I know some of you all have have responded. That that by the way, I appreciate it. Um, love it. There was a question, Josh, in the comment section. Like, hey man, what? Where <laughs> my boy Danny Shelton at? You see they got Danny? Now, by the time I wrote this, they had not officially signed Danny Shelton. I know he exists. Boy, does he exist. Oh, that, he, he exists more than most people exist on just sort of a oh. pure space perspective. He is made up of more stardust than most of us are. <laughs> Uh, Somebody I mean, tweeted that he looked like Blastoise today, and that <laughs> oh, that's me, incredible. <laughs> he had his he had like a neck roll pop up kind of thing. He looked he straight up looked like Blastoise. Uh, so look, yes, I know Danny Shelton exists. I just want to get a look, guys. I just want to get a just want to get a you know. Let me evaluate who I've seen so far. Um, now, could Danny Shelton? I, you know what? I don't want to disrespect Derek Naughty like that. No, but like Danny Shelton will, he will be in the conversation soon enough. Um, God, he could eat one to two to three. <laughs> you could put him at one tech, and his right arm is in the three. Oh, uh, so <laughs> he the issue, and I, I am glad you mentioned this because I was also wondering about it. But then I looked up the rule in the NFL rule book, and and actually Danny Shelton would take up two <laughs> roster spots. Which does make him more difficult to keep because he's just so thick. He's just so wide that he actually does. Whenever he's on the field, you can only play nine other guys around him just look, to try to keep it fair for the other team. Look, I saw I saw Danny Shelton today in some one on one work. You can look it look it up on Twitter against Trey Smith, and I was like, 
Look, coach, I know it's not in the practice script today, but let's get down to the let's get down to the jumbo goal line package and, and let me see Danny <laughs> Shelton next to Derek Naughty and Chris Jones. Let let me see that three man front uh you know on a fourth and you know inches situation. Just let you know, like just change up change it up a little bit. Um now this may not mean good news for like, you know, Taylor Stallworth or mm-hmm. be still my heart, Colin Saunders, who had, a, who, had a, who had a great play on Saturday. Oh, who was just like, I've had enough of this. Um, yeah, he is faster than he has any right to be. Any right. He's so athletically gifted. It's um, really bonkers. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't mean this as insulting as it's going to sound, but like he's so athletically gifted that I keep thinking he's going to be more productive than he has been to this point. Hey, some, hey, some just, partially injuries. That's what yes. I don't mean to. Yeah. I mean that he is incredibly physically gifted. Yes, and it seems like everybody like likes him. So I don't know. I just yeah, I don't, I, just I don't just, know what I don't know why that hasn't all come together. Is sort of what I'm is what I'm getting at. Hey, Colin, just stay healthy and give us that classic album season, son. Just just, just <laughs> yeah, give it. Seriously. Just give it to us. Uh, yeah. Let us see it. Um, but now, like this defensive line in general has gotten so much better. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then, then when we all looked at it in June and went, ooh, yeah. <laughs> like you know that face when you like, do I smell something um <laughs> preposterous in my <laughs> in my vicinity? That was the defensive line. Um, do I smell something <laughs> preposterous? Should be the title of this episode of this podcast. <laughs> and so now, and so now it looks like, hey, that might be slightly above average, like. If if everything comes together, and clearly there's an if in that sentence, and I understand it, but Frank Clark got a quarterback hit on you know Justin Fields, you know Chris Jones, you know was like you know third down, let's let's get off the field, fellas. Um, I think Carlos Dunlap will be fine. Um, you know he's uh he's ramping up as Andy Reid would say. Yeah. Danny Shelton's in two gaps at the same time. Uh, Derek Naughty always underrated. Chris Jones kind of is the the star of this whole thing. Um, but the reason why I think Danny Shelton is here is like he might come on the field on third down, <laughs> so that Chris Jones has more one on one opportunities mm. in the interior. Like, hey, Danny, can you just throw your body in front of this garden center real quick so that Chris on the other side, you know, can can get off? Um, I, hey, the guy the guy who's built like Bane, but thicker. Can you come stand over here for a second and just eat up some space? Yeah. And and look, Mike Dana, your average NFL player. So that's your so that's your defensive line. That that's your defensive line right there. Um now there might be a time where Mike Dana gets five sacks this season. Mm-hmm. Um wouldn't surprise me. But like is he a better player now than what Alex Okafor was last year? I believe the answer is yes. Um, can Frank Clark be a better version of himself than last year? I would tend to suggest yes. Can Chris Jones be the best interior pass rusher in the AFC? Totally possible. Um, and George Karloftis doesn't have to have the true burden of being a first-round pass rusher in his rookie season. Um, so it's all coming together, and... I'm really looking forward to watching what they do against the Arizona Cardinals because quietly, ladies and gentlemen, have you all seen the Arizona Cardinals offensive line? 
it might not be the most stellar that the Chiefs see in 2022. Danny Shelton looks like the outside Russian nesting doll. <sighs> I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get to talk to this man, and I just want to know what his what his regimen is. Like I'm, I'm watching. I just decided to scroll, scroll through. Like he, he looks like 1.75 Mike Dana's, and they play so. Like Mike Dana's been getting work on the interior of the defensive line this, this offseason in this training camp, and and he would he would need to asexually reproduce another one of himself <laughs> as a clone to have a chance of just being simply as big as Danny Shelton. All right, all right, y'all. The people, the, the people who play this sport, man, like genuinely. Oh, I just hope people understand not, that I say this out real. of out of admiration. You know what it is? I'm because now I'm watching the video of him just punching down the little blocking dummy things. It, it is legitimately like if I saw a headline today that said Kansas City Chiefs sign professional sumo wrestler Danny Shelton, I'd be like, yep, that tracks. Like just an inexplicable athlete. Under nine hundred pounds of of anger. I mean, it's just incredible. Truly, I, I am I am mesmerized. Look, is Vince Wilfork a Hall of Famer? He could uh, be. That, he's he a could good point. be. He That's really. A good point. He really could be. Alodi Naha. Oh, the things he would do to people was just unethical. Um, can can Danny Shelton be a version or a better version? Than Mike Pinnell was in 2019. Yeah. That's, that's, all these questions have yeses as options. And that was not the case with Trading Camp again. <laughs> like, that yeah, was, correct. that correct. was, like, yes, good call. I, 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 I hope Joe Cullen is sleeping better at night than when he started, uh, when he arrived on St. Joe's, uh, Missouri Western State campus, because he's got, he's got more to work with. Um, and they all seem to be, doing relatively well now some people may say well hey nate why wasn't george call off this the star of 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 saturday did you see willie gay <sighs> i would just like to say that i just had to google haloti nada to check on this and make oh. sure i wasn't speaking out of turn danny shelton is bigger than haloti nada on yeah. the on the eyeball check vince wilfork is a very good cop <laughs> Vince Wilfork is about right. Yep. He he's about the only other guy that I that I think now that you have said his name, like that is just carrying that much beef around the middle Girth. while also being strong enough to tear any other human being in half other than Danny Shelton slash Vince Wilfork. If the two of them decided to team up and go around the world just ripping people in half, there would be no way of stopping them. I just I just want the whole team to get in a circle. <laughs> and let let it be a one on one between Danny Shelton and Creed Humphrey, because <gasps> when because when Creed sits his you know what down, you stop right. moving. You sir are done. <laughs> like it's it's ready, and you're done. <sighs> it's like it's like all right. What about like all right? Come on, all right, all right. I'm Tarshawn Wharton. I'm gonna let me go. Let me go. Let me let me think about this spin. And you're done. <laughs> I'm Kershawn Wharton, one of the, I don't know, 500 most impressive athletes on planet Earth. And you're done. Oh, I'm done. done. And you're done. done. And and I'm going to stop your progress right here. (laughs) Uh, Hey, I'm Derek Nottie, one of the strongest players on the team. Let me bull rush this. Oh, God. Okay. Yep. Good rep. Let me me slap you on the thigh. Yep. Uh, Appreciate you. Yep. 
Our, if our, you haven't if you haven't made it to St. Joe yet and you you are thinking about it, it it's I'm not kidding. It's worth going just to try to get yourself as close to all of these linemen that we're talking about as possible. And then also to watch Creed Humphrey who who does not look like he could rip you in half for a living. Just shut down Danny Shelton or whoever it's going to be. Like, yeah, I need, I need to see that. Uh, <laughs> I I would like that very much. Andy Heck, Joe Collins, make it happen. Okay, we got we got three more days left in camp where I can see this with my own eyes. I just need to see Creed Humphrey, you know, anchor himself and see where Danny Shelton goes because I don't I like I don't know who's going to win that rep. Um, and look, it'll take a while for Danny Shelton to like get the playbook and like get his technique down. Obviously, he's coming in a bit rusty. But it's hard to move that weight, son. Like, yeah. like, is <sighs> again. I just want to know what this man's regimen was because he got a little bit of it today, and um, he you can tell there's a difference on the field now than before. Um, you were about to say something about Willie Gay, and I just got distracted by pictures pictures of Vince Wolf. No, I, so I, I did want to get your Willie Gay payoff there. I just think Willie Gay is really good, like really good. Um. The first team defense as a whole looked cohesive. And there's something to be said about that. That matters more to me than George Karloftis individually. Because those guys are going to be on the field the majority of the time. And the open field tackling of Justin Reed and Willie Gay and Nick Bolton and Legereus Need, like that's like I'm just as encouraged with the first team defense as I am with the first team offense. And it doesn't look as, you know, it doesn't look as sexy um because they don't have Patrick Mahomes, but if this defense can make open field tackles, if they're athletic, if they're more assignment sound, uh yeah, there's a chance that they could that they they themselves can have a chance to sort of um have a smooth start to the season. Um then maybe, you know, you would have anticipated I don't know, six weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how it's all going to work. But I think the first team just dominating. The fact that Justin Fields' collective unit did not score on Saturday. That, that's pretty encouraging to me, um, mm-hmm. given that that's, that, was the, that was the expectation. And they fulfilled it, at least in this one opportunity. I, I looked down at the clock and realized we had spent about 45 minutes talking about Danny Shelton. And so we probably <laughs> we don't have as much time left to talk about everything else as I thought we would. Um, and, and we haven't mentioned Sky Moore very much. Again, Seth's already written about him. Uh, I will I will give you what my takeaway was after reading Seth's story today, uh, which is I mean, very, very well highlighted in the piece, which is sort of, you know, Seth's whole deal is saying, hey, here's the thing to look for. Check this out. And then you feel smart. She's like. Hey, do you know my, the most impressive thing I saw from Sky Moore on Saturday? That's what I'm about to do right now. You can do it too, the Chief of the North newsletter. Uh, but but the thing for me from from Sky Moore that was especially highlighted by Seth is his his release, his yes. get off from the line of scrimmage. Yes. That, that, there's been a little bit of hype around that out of training camp. But honestly, I, I am afraid that watching these clips is going to make me worse at analyzing other wide receivers because my first thought's going to be, well, hey, wait, why didn't? 
Why didn't uh, Justin Watson just do what Sky Moore did there? Why didn't he just shake him off and get away immediately? And, um, and uh, something else Seth's been talking about since the, the draft process, I think, is Sky Moore keeping that speed up through his cuts and change of direction. He's not perfect at it. There, there's some examples of some stuff to work on. But the separation that he was getting on a number of these snaps, really impressive for a guy in his first pro action. Yep, he's good. Don't need to, don't need yep. to see don't need to see, see it anymore. in Arizona. Yep, don't need, shut it down. Don't need to see it. Actually, don't even run a rep on Saturday or a snap, I should say. Um, no, like the toe drag. Oh, I thought Nate. I thought he was out. Uh, I'm not kidding. Two steps. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure that his back foot was still in bounds. The way and you know the the. The, they weren't painted in on the sidelines, I guess. So maybe that threw. But I, I thought he was out by a mile and a half. Yep. So he, he's good. He's good. I like him and Sky Moore. Don't need to worry about him anymore. They're good. They're fine. Totally fine. Like the fact that you may have not heard a lot about Trent McDuffie is to suggest that he good. Yeah. <laughs> like Steve Spagnuolo ain't worried about this dude at all. Like he was drafted first and he playing. So. With Sky Moore, it is the releases, it is the 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 just the quickness. Um and with the so like let's let's really think about this. With the releases, keeping your feet in bounds in a two minute drill, obviously doing stuff out of the backfield, whether that's jet sweeps, motion, you know, a little, you know, counter here and there, maybe maybe, you know, maybe they'll line them up at running back you know, in the regular season, it's all about the things you can do. And the fact that he has not shown a weakness yet. And lastly, Hey man, we want, we need you to run this five yard slant. And like, it's two dudes. Here's a landmark. They're going to hit you. Yeah. And, and he caught it and, yep. he, and he stayed on it and he secured the ball. And he was known for catching everything in college while also having the ability to create separation. Like you mentioned, Josh, and so as of right now, he has not shown much weaknesses. He's only shown strengths. And that's a very good sign, um, given that he's kind of their, I won't say secret weapon, but he he is their, um, what bad reference do I want to say pop culture wise? <laughs> I can't wait for this. Uh, I can't wait. I, I don't mean, even want to help you because I just want to know. I want to know what comes out of that brain. I mean, he might be the Green Ranger. I mean, that's that's where he is right now. <laughs> I wish I would have written down a, a bet for what it was going to be referenced to. Because if you would have given me enough I don't want to say eventually gotten a Power Ranger. Look, I don't want to say the White Ranger because, ooh, children. Remember when? Remember where you were? Oh, I remember where I was. Um, he's, he's the Green Ranger right now. He's just like, he's in the mix. You're always excited to see him. He usually gets somebody out of... A, a a a perilous situation yeah and then everybody's like but he's so mysterious and that's the point <laughs> uh-huh. that's the point he can do everything but he's not on the field a ton and it's like yep they got us like we can't beat the red ranger we had the blue ranger kind of locked up you know pink and yellow ranger were like kind of doing their thing but we had kind of surrounded them and then this green dude showed up and did what yeah I love that. That's a, I love that reference. So he's, you know, he's the he's the Green Ranger, and that's that's totally okay. Um, but I do love the fact that like all these dudes are taking it seriously, and I know that sounds mm. odd because you are now a professional, but 
I don't know about you guys. It's hard to get hyped on a Saturday at noon on a trash ass field <laughs> against a team you know you better than to just line it up and, and 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 do your thing. So there's no lack of concentration with these rookies. Um, they all are earnestly trying to um, show their skill sets. I think because there are so many of them, they can rely on one another in a way that um, is perhaps unusual. But like, they're they are taking this seriously because they know what the team has done before in the past and what the team is asking of them now. And for Sky Moore, I just haven't really seen a dip for hmm. a rookie where you're where you're expecting that, and that may come later on. Versus, you know, Andy Reid running a pretty tight, up-tempo training camp. But mm-hmm. he's gotten better throughout the course of this. And it really revealed itself on Saturday. And so, I probably want to see more from Isaiah Pacheco. Because I think I know what we all know about Sky Moore. Hmm. Well, there there are two, like, top half rookies we haven't mentioned much or at all real quick I, I want to touch on. Um, first, is there anything that you think you need to know on Brian Cook? So I want to have just a second to talk about Leo Chanel as well. Brian Cook could be a hard hitter on special teams. We may need mm-hmm. to, we may need to throttle this man down. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, watching the all 22, it's pretty, I mean, you talk about vanilla. I mean, this might be just milk. We ain't even put it in the, <laughs> we ain't even mixed it. <laughs> like we haven't even it's put just it, cow juice. Yeah. Vanilla would be a gift. <laughs> we haven't even put vanilla on this. I mean, he's right. just he's just kind of laying back, nothing crazy. All right, coach. Um, he does have the the third safety rule, safety role, in my opinion. Um, let's see what he does when he's sort of sprinkled in on an occasional rook, you know, nickel package. Obviously, he'll be involved in time. And then for Leo Chanel, I mean, give this man credit. He was out here tackling. Um, I think there were a couple times in the fourth quarter where he asked for a breather and they were like, I'm sorry. There's another, there's another snap, son. It was just, it was just, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's, uh, uh, in the, in gladiator, you know, just the thumb down from the sideline. No, no, you stay out there. Either you (laughs) swim or you die. What? Um, Oh, some water. No. Okay. All right. Sea ball, get ball. That's that's Leo Chanel. Like we don't really need to complicate this at all. Here's C-ball, here's the one get ball. Here's here's what I want to float out to you. One one thing that was sort of my my first thought, and then something else that Matt Derrick pointed out that I do think is is very very noteworthy. Um, but the first thing that that I would point out is that he got a little bit of work, kind of at, at essentially the the end of the second act of the Chiefs' defense, sort of the the back end of the twos. Um, but then he was out there all the way through the the end of the game. He actually uh, led the Chiefs' linebackers in total snaps. How about that? Um, but they were at the end of the game mostly. So this this I think has has two obvious things to extrapolate from it. Um, or, or one that's not so obvious because Matt had to point it out. But <laughs> what, the obvious one is mine, which is, hey, we we knew this, I think. Um, this also might be looking to confirm my priors a little bit. But Leo Chanel is not an NFL linebacker on August 15th, 2022 um, in the, the modern NFL in a way that you can leave him out there with the ones on a regular basis. He's he's not right now. I, I, I don't I don't think that's 
even going out on a limb too far. He could be a weapon defensively. He he could be much more than what he is right now in the near future. But I think even the way the Chiefs used him there was like, hey, you be out there so you can get your water and you come back over after you uh, get them off the field. But right now, you just go play as much NFL-adjacent football as possible mm-hmm. and get used to all of that. And then what Matt pointed out, in the fourth quarter, he was wearing the green dot. So he had the speaker in his ear. He was calling the defense. There's not an obvious backup Mike linebacker on this group right now. Um, there there are a the couple of veterans, and uh, you can kind of have your, your debates about who might end up falling into that role eventually. But also having him out there to learn what it's like to call a defense with a speaker in his helmet as a professional for the first time also makes a ton of sense. Him being out there late, in my eyes, is not a bad thing at all. Right. I do just think it's a it's a heat check for people who might be expecting to see him out there in the base package in week one, which I just don't think is going to happen yet. Correct. Yeah, I mean, Elijah Lee is your starting Sam linebacker uh, with Willie on the on the weak side and obviously Nick inside. Um, Darius Harris, you, you've you've seen him, you know what he can do. He might be switching, you know that that middle linebacker backup role with, you know, Leo Chanel. But like for right now, it's just like Leo. Um, let's see how you do in all these situations, whether that's red zone, whether that's third down, um, you know, flow into the ball. You know, I think Seth, uh, and I need to go back here. I think Seth pointed out in his article and I'll just, I will read it uh, as, as best I can. But basically um, in terms of recognizing and also playing better within space uh, is what Seth put down. And that makes sense because that's, you know, um, that might not be his role. But, you know, I could see plays where Leo Chanel is, you know, um, maybe not in the best position on screen plays or misdirection mm-hmm. plays. Uh, and that's okay. Like, these these snaps are more instructional. I think for Spagnuolo to know that, like, yes, you can spit out the play. You get everybody lined up. But also, let me really see what you can do so that I can accentuate the one to two, maybe three things that we want to do within the framework of the defense um, versus, you know, you playing every down. So um, I love that he that he led the team in tackles. Like, if you're going to be out there on the field. Absolutely. Rack them up. Go get them. Uh, go get them. And, and basically, <laughs> that's what they asked him to do. Hey, man, go get these tackles. And he was like, yes, sir. Uh, so... He's really fun. Um, he will be really encouraging if he's in like pass coverage uh, against Washington and he comes up with, you know, a play where he's in the picture or, you know, leads to an incompletion. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so weird, Josh. We have to keep track of 10 rookies and they're yeah. all going at the same time. But like the, like where they are is some are aligned, you know, evenly or on a parallel track than others but some are just like playing with the third string because like hey man that's you dog <laughs> that's just that's you um but i i give i give them credit because you can all see the skill sets um we haven't gotten to a point yet where it doesn't look like it's gonna work out for any of them yet and that's that's yeah that's again it's kind of really interesting and perhaps fortuitous to say on august 15th 
Uh, so with that in mind, this is most likely going to be our only episode this week. Obviously, they play Washington on Saturday. And if you want things to keep an eye out for, here's what you can do. You can read all the stuff that everybody's doing. You can follow all of us on Twitter uh, at by Nate Taylor. Of course, Nate will tweet out all the work that he does over the course of the week as the Chiefs break down training camp. Uh, and then Seth is, of course, at real MN Chiefs fan, MN Chiefs fan I'm on Twitter at JB Briscoe. That's B-R-I-S-C-O. No E at the end. Most of you know that by now but i just you know maybe we've got some newbies um and, and then we will uh we will see if anything bonkers happens we we might break glass and have a, a times ours emergency pod but hopefully there's nothing quite that i think i think most of the ways that that could happen would be bad at this point in the off season it seems unlikely that we would have to do an emergency pod because they like traded for nick bosa i i, I it just seems <laughs> unlikely um so uh, if there is a reason for us to swing back in before that, we will uh, do our very best. Otherwise, we are probably back on our, our regular Monday recording schedule. So you can uh, get the shows uh, hopefully Monday evening or, or Tuesday morning. And then we'll uh, we'll pick up two a day or not two a day. That would be too much. But two a week <laughs> uh, once the season gets started in earnest. So that's, that's sort of our, our loose plan right now as we try to to get you a, a, a regularly scheduled diet of times ours. So uh, I think that's everything on my end, Nate, unless you got any other notes, you got to get us out of here. Yeah. Uh, this is the last thing. It's literally my favorite play of, of Saturday. Uh, so as I said before, it really dawns on you that you're in the preseason when you get to like the nine minute mark of the second quarter and you're like, <laughs> Ooh, okay. But y'all know how much I love it when like, a player shows up because the lights came on. And it's like, hey, he he was really shaky in camp, guys. But when the lights came on, Shane Bouchelle yes! just decided with five and a half minutes left in the second quarter. This is before his his really impressive touchdown pass to Justin Watson, where we all said, hey, Justin Watson is on the team. Put him down. With five 33 left. This man said one to two. Let me get out of the pocket. My man was scrambling to his left and out the corner of his eye, he saw Noah Gray coming back to him from the middle of the field. And ladies and gentlemen, it was my, oh, it was so good to say, well, the lights is on. I will never do this in camp. Chad Haney probably got quarterback two locked up. Might as well. This man <laughs> threw across his body in the opposite direction. And the whole coaching staff was like, no. <laughs> but look, this is the only time I play, coach. <laughs> the lights is on and Noah Gray is flowing back to me in the, in the middle of the field. I got to let it go. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, it is with five and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Please look this play up if you if you DVR'd it or you can stream it on, you know, NFL Plus or whatever. Um, in the box score, it says it's a third downfield attempt. But, boy, was it was it fun to... So much more than that. Was it fun to relive? Because Shane Bouchelle, one of the best quarterbacks on planet Earth. And ladies and gentlemen, that is the difference between his arm and Patrick Mahomes' arm. Because it looked look a little different when 15 does it. But damn it, I love it when 6 tries. <laughs> <laughs>